<laughs> nice plan. <laughs> this is. I think we'll have, I have to say about this. I think this. we probably <laughs> will. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. This is episode 57, which means we're covering the 5601 to the 57-minute mark. I am your host, Aaron. And uh, with me, ladies and gentlemen, are the winners of the Night Court's Dan Fielding and white version of Arsenio Hall lookalike contest. Good sirs, please introduce yourselves. Well, I think that all this talk about the death of the sexual revolution is really premature, don't you? (laughs) 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 I'm Ryan, by the way. (coughs) I'm the Dan Fielding Ryan. (laughs) Ryan, I'm the white. I'm Caleb, the white Arsenio Hall. Uh, Do I still look like Arsenio? I don't know. Make a crazy face. (laughs) Or like that. I don't even know. To our listeners. When we were all in junior high, Aaron and Ryan swore that I looked like the white Arsenio Hall. Well, first of all, you were wearing that brand of sweaters that what was that what was the brand? Apparatus. Apparatus, I, which I is kind of a streetwear brand. I, it's like a. It was yeah. It was real more like prep wear. Well, I don't know street. I don't know street prep. That's a street thing. Prep. I go. looked that up to put on our website for like shit. pictures. Could not. I think that this did not exist. I have proof. I just need to dig it up somewhere. I, so that plus you had the whatever the white person version of like a high top fade was like you had nice high and tight hair. I had the I had the, I had the uh, spiked part. <laughs> yeah, that's the white oh, version. Oh wow! <laughs> and I and, had that for a while too. Yeah. And then uh, you were also slender, very slender. And I don't know, yes. like long the, touching fingers. Really, the the <laughs> thing the thing that set it off the most. Was there's a movie that maybe the listeners have heard of, <laughs> and if you hadn't, you should. Amazon, oh, absolutely! Amazon Women on the Moon. Which who directed that? Was that like Zuckers? a Rob Ryan? Or I don't I think wanna, it was a Zucker thing. Or was it Landis? Uh, Let's find out. Hang on. Um, I would say it's Zucker's. At one point, we did have a nickname for you of Fingers, Caleb. Fingers. Yeah, these and I go by very uh, uh, old handles were these fingers. That's right. I was an old email because of your piano playing. Di- oh, it's had multiple directors, oh, including John Landis and Joe Dante. Uh, but at any rate, it was kind of a, the the movie is kind of a it's a comedy. It's sort of in little vignettes. It's like an anthology sort of tied film. together. Yeah, yeah, and they're all kind of funny. There's lots of people in it before their time. Roseanne Arquette was in it. Arsenio Hall, Arsenio Hall, that segment was the, the first segment. That's the opening segment. And it's right? unfortunate that it's the funniest. It is the funniest by far. But in the character, I think it's called Bad Day or something like that. <laughs> Arsenio comes home from work and everything that's possible that's bad happens to oh him. God, he's, getting so ba- he's getting wrong phone calls, which yeah. isn't a thing that really... Yeah, I guess it does happen. He's getting... Uh, 
Uh, he got electrocuted man, ain't, at one ain't point. Ain't no film here, man. Don't ruin it for the anyway. Anyway, he I'll makes some it, crazy put... faces that were reminiscent of Caleb making crazy crazy faces. Mm-hmm. And Ryan and I made that call, and we have stuck to it ever since. It is Ryan, uh, I Caleb made, is a white Arsenio. I uh, made my girlfriend watch Amazon Women on the Moon with me, which uh, basically it's like you're changing channels on like a, to UHF station like late at night, mm-hmm. and it's it's it is so good. It's it's it's. It, I mean, well, and part, I was going to say it's good and bad at the same time, but we'll just say it's good because I think it's legitimately the things good. things that I would say, I don't think there's anything really bad about it. It's probably even was a little bit ahead of its time in terms of like, I bet you would call the comedy subversive. Yeah, for time. the for like what what year was it? Like eighty? It's eighty seven. It's later. Eighty seven. Oh yeah, me too. It I, does. I, I, don't, huh. I don't think it's maybe not as progressive. As yeah, no, I thought it was more like it reminded me of like the airplane era. I know? do think yeah, it's well. funny. It and speaking of you know uh, connection to this movie, it has a an unsolved mystery style parody in it with uh Ro- is it Robert? Sack? No, it's not. That does the bullshit or not? No, it's, uh, okay, it's a never lookalike. Mind. Never mind. It looks never like mind. him and talks like him. Gotcha. Arsenio Hall, Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, the Goot. Uh, Carrie Fisher is in it. BB King. BB King is in it. <laughs> Henny Youngman is in it. Uh, oh, Kelly Preston! I forgot she was in that. Yeah. I forgot who that was. Who was the girl she, from the pe- the, ple- playhouse, the pe- playhouse play playhouse play thing? I don't think she was. Th- that like, informed my hormonal instincts. It was at a weird. Young age. That was the first time, like I think, that I realized uh, there were two different versions of films could be made because they mm-hmm. made they shot that scene in two ways. In one, she's totally naked, and right. the other, she's in a swimsuit so right. they could air it on TV. Right. It's a it bombed at the box office. Did it? That. I'm trying to David Allen Greer. I know he's in yeah. it as well. Okay. Well, anyway, budget of five million, box office five hundred forty-eight thousand dollars. That's a that's a that flop. is cripplingly that is terrible. A flop. So and then Ryan, what, what, Dan Fielding. I think at one point we I thought think, his face looked like no, it was because like the smiling John Larroquette. Well, it goes beyond uh, his 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 feature, his physical features. I I think he comes he has a demeanor. Of John Larroquette sometimes. Just I did, especially in the era of like misogyny is funny, yeah. which was the '80s, like Cheers and Night Court in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely styled myself after those Lotharios, where I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's cool to have sex with a bunch of women and not care about them and be <laughs> the fun guy that everybody loves. Yeah, not to mention he's he's literally on the show. He's flirting with women. During trial. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but also, I mean, you could say, like, the era of misogyny is funny, but he was frequently the foil of that it's show. It's true. Like, everybody, like, looked down on him kind of Yeah, but way. he had redeeming qualities, and there was sure. a lot of... That, those were like those very special episodes where he right. does something nice but doesn't want anybody to know about like it. Like he performed right. an appendectomy on somebody or oh, something yeah. like that. In, like, in the, in I think the they were great to... northwest. He maybe. topped draws off of jumping off a building. She was screwed yeah. up on medication mm-hmm. every now and again. And yeah, Even yeah. Ryan does something good. Remember that <laughs> Accidentally. <laughs> and I, actually, uh, Sam Malone from Cheers, I uh, was obsessed with like the fact he was obsessed with his hair. And mm-hmm. I used to sometimes in junior high wear a fanny pack, which I will credit myself with... A bunch of people started wearing fanny packs after I wore them in our in our yeah, junior high, sure. and I used to carry a comb and hairspray in it. Mm, God, <laughs> good Did you lord! Use it in the bathroom, where you ever like? No, no, no! You can't use it in the bathroom because nobody's gonna see you. You right. have to do it in the hallway. He's gotta uh, be seen oh, applying Christ. the hairspray. I like my hair, ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what a f- I basically was searching for a personality and was just sure. like, oh, this is what... I, Landing that's on like, some really good role models. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but that's like what people do. You know, whenever you're a writer, you're starting to, like, you want to be a writer, you, you kind of ape off of someone else's style, sure. and then hopefully you find your own. Sure. I'm still looking. 
Right, yeah. right. Are we still in the intro? We're still in the yes. intro. <laughs> Guys, we have an international shout-out I'd like to Woo-hoo. share with you all, right. and I think that Ryan will especially appreciate this, oh. as will my wife. Um, this is actually an update. This is actually a DeBear's 85 rule style update um, given to us from friend of the show, uh, Robinus Prime. Hey. And um, the audience will no doubt remember our little internet or our little listener appreciation event where we shipped a little something something to those that had reviewed the show. Mm-hmm. And you may also remember it's very difficult for us to keep tabs on international reviews. We have to very manually go in and look. And I just randomly was like, I wonder if we've got any new reviews up in Great Britain. And mm-hmm. I did the thing and I saw that he'd given an update. So I'll share that with you guys. Um, headline, tastypussy.com. <laughs> an, an After Dark special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, the main show is great, but there isn't enough After Dark anymore. <laughs> oh, <Are you> shit. <laughs> really missed a trick by not getting Melody to do an After Dark session. Oh, now that now no. that's a little perverted, Robin. Okay. I think I know where you're I'm going I'm going to have this. her on the show. <laughs> back, back to the show, I'm thinking one week should be just the wives and significant others replacing you completely. <laughs> It's just a with show. The, with the guys just watching. <laughs> what do you okay. think? Okay. <laughs> Getting even creepier. Yeah. Uh, so glad Caleb survived. I'd admit I'd have missed his voice, and it would have sounded like a one-voice podcast with the other two merging oh, together. God. God just kidding. Oh. You're all doing a great okay. job. I'm assuming he's referring to you falling down the stairs. No, no, no. no. When he was had the flu. I, I, oh, I did a whole episode for my death. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. God, what must have those sheets have smelled like? They smelled like death. <laughs> So thank you for that update, Robinus. And, uh, you know, I know better than to look a gift horse in the mouth. So let me reflect for a moment on the lesson of the 85 Bears rule. (laughs) We loved his review updates, which consisted mostly of obscure movie quotes. But after mostly jokingly suggesting that instead of replacing his old reviews with new ones, he should open new iTunes accounts and boost our overall number of reviews, uh, he quit coming around. So we're not doing that. So, question, would I really have liked him to do that? Of course. Oh, my God. Did I really expect him to do that? No. But anyway, we love the Bears, and now because of our jokey jackassery, he's ghosted us. Come back to us, Bears. Uh, yeah, it's, we, we have a lot of international listeners. Like, I look at especially Canada and the UK. We have a lot of listeners from there. And then there's random, None like... from Boston for some reason. It's a dark <laughs> hole in the middle of the country. Uh, before we get into the show, one more quick thing. Next week, we'll have our special guest, Mike Seibert of Mike Seibert Radio. Uh, he does a podcast where he, and he publishes often, where he covers his kind of favorite topics du jour, often pop culture, pop nerd culture, movies, music. He's a huge Transformers guy. He had us on his show April a couple 10th. of weeks back. And uh, we are excited to have him on our little program next week, and we're going to talk about the death of Ultra Magnus. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, so check out Mike Seibert Radio. You'll find that on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and check out the interview with us. So, last episode recap. Mm-hmm. Galvatron had a little mid-year review with his boss, Unicron, and he got a uh, needs improvement on his <laughs> Matrix-destroying abilities. Well, uh, nobody gets fives. That's true, yeah. I mean, you can't be the Which best. is horseshit. You've crippled, like, you're already gaming the system. I can't win. Perceptor took a leadership position at getting the ship welded back together, and Daniel, you know, he helped. And right as we uh, thought the Junkions were about to mix it up with our Autobot pals, the Decepticons emerged on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Ultra Magnus uh, noticed them, and right off the bat here, at the top of the minute, he shoots a, an order right from the hip. Draw them off and double back to the shuttle. 
and it almost immediately works flawlessly. That's right. <laughs> as yeah. they detonate four quarters <laughs> of the very, ship. The very first thing that happens are some missiles are fired from uh, by Galvatron from Cyclonus to the ship, which, uh, you know, obliterates it pretty much immediately. So, which, by the way, that is a very cool... It is cool. Uh, ...animated sequence, that, that flyby. Let's at take like a, look at it's it at like 5613 is 5605 about when that to, yeah, 5618-ish. I'll just say a little something. You know, uh, whenever we see Galvatron inside the... Po- inside the cockpit of Cyclonus, you know that red light, they have that in submarines so that you can preserve your night vision and read instruments. Good Lord. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> but uh, also, it's I'm glad very... to relearn it. Yeah, I, thanks. I, I'm still it's saying... the third episode I've done. <laughs> I'm still saying that, that there's the lights are not like that in the cockpit. The windows are tinted yeah. that color. I'm That's, going with tinted I'm window. aware of that. Um, <laughs> but I will also say it's super weird still to me to have Galvatron flying Cyclonus. Right. I mean, that would be like someone piloting Skylinks or Astrotrain. Maybe he's right. not flying Cyclonus. He's just he's pushing just the, the button man? On, the mil- on the missiles, perhaps. That seems really intimate. Yeah, well, I mean... Well, yeah. he's used to having... He, he's edging him right up until... <laughs> up until he's about to let him go. <laughs> don't make me horny. So, uh, the Autobots run away from the shuttle. Uh, oh, oh, I'm ahead. sorry, one real quick thing about detonating the shuttle. Um, they're fixing the shuttle in the previous minute. I just realized there is a lot of this movie is taken up... Like, a lot of the movie real estate is taken up with discussing transportation. Like... <laughs> so. Well, like, the, how are we going to get there? Fixing the ship, what are we launching do to get the shuttles, there? getting the ship, <laughs> Unicron, right? or Unicron giving Galvatron a ship. Go it's, there and do this thing. Yeah, it's a lot of moving around. It's like a Department of Transportation training video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a logistical nightmare. We'll advocate for the city of Springfield to watch this movie, and hopefully that'll get things Zing! changed around here. <laughs> well, come on, sidewalks, please. <laughs> So uh, the Autobots are going to run away from the explosion. Luckily, they all made it out unscathed. Springer, uh, Captain Obvious, uh, notes <laughs> that the uh, that the shuttle's been uh, destroyed, and he transforms. And this is one of the worst animated uh, moments. It's not great in the movie. I think this by is the, the first way. time we see him transform. I th- and I would noted that as well. Yeah, he transforms into helicopter mode and flies off as Decepticon laser fire kind of rips up the ground all around him. Yeah, this is I think. If you're the viewer, you're like, oh, Springer's a helicopter. Mm-hmm. I get it. We don't even know he's a triple changer. Not yet. At this point. That's in a, the, like a few minutes from now we see that utilized. But right at 56, we'll say 20 to 21, a sweep comes by and uh, shoots at the screen right in front of us. And that's that's actually a pretty cool mm-hmm. explosive moment that helps transition kind of to the next sequence of events, which is one of my... Oh, I, I'd never really thought of it before, but nope. it turns into one of the more questionable scenes in the movie as far choice. as I'm concerned, especially as we talk about how Daniel is constantly in danger. So... Um, the animation's pretty good. It's another one of these animated background sequences, which mm-hmm. I always like. So Blur, RC, and Daniel are running away from some laser fire. RC just right off the bat transforms <laughs> and speeds off. Doesn't say a word. Yeah. Daniel in a panic screams, "What do I do?" To Blur, and Blur always in a panic tells him, "Transform, transform! I know you can do it. You can do it." And then he and just transforms out. and proceeds to drive away, just leaving Daniel to By fend himself. for himself. Both of them are yeah. like, "Peace." <laughs> So, what the fuck? Like, yeah, RC is supposed up. to be the warm, courageous it protector. Is super out of character. She's out of there. Yeah. Blur's not much better. A little tip. Yeah, here's a little <laughs> tip, and see you later. Yeah, I know you can do it. <laughs> Why the fuck did they... Again, we've visited this a million times. Why'd they bring him into space? Why didn't they it leave him insane. on Earth? Look, I mean, so the, shitty. A, 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 
a crazy chain of events have led him from being hanging out by a fishing pond <laughs> to in a weird suit mm-hmm. running on a junk planet for mm-hmm. his life. Mm-hmm. And it's they're like, up. I hope you don't die. We're not going to do anything right. about it. When he woke up this morning, he probably had no idea that he was going to be doing what he's doing now. Right, yeah. Of course well. he wouldn't have any idea, but still. Yeah, he's never been through any. This is a coming of age moment for him. Once again, as Caleb's viral sensation of a Twitter post proves, <laughs> D is is for danger, no doubt. Take care of yourself, Dano. <laughs> coming up on the fifty six thirty moment here, we've got an up close of Daniel, which I love that it's a great drawing yeah. of uh, he in his exosuit. Um, he's continuing to run. He's trying to will himself now, into transforming. Now, if you want to pause ahead. that right there, yeah, at fifty six thirty three, we're seeing him run and thinking transform. I've been. Th- thinking about this because he's about to transform of like he's praying (laughs) that's i was thinking more of like where his arms are Mm because i'm trying to figure out like the logistics of the exosuit because clearly his hands don't reach down to the hands right i think that it must be like a joystick situation up near his chest because of the but way then he's like this. It's true. But like when and he transforms. You can't see me, but my, my fists are like smashed into my chest. Yeah, Tyrannosaurus style. I think it's probably more like, think about this. He's standing up. And the joysticks are down here. It's still the same, same story. But so I don't know. Yeah, but like I can only assume that because in the well, we'll see when we get there when he transforms. Like all of his limbs are broken. If it's not that, <laughs> that's a good point. I was about to say. I was about to say. Well, they're just out there, kind of in the tubes. But when he transforms. That would be very painful. Or at least his forearms are broken. Like that, Maybe that's all that can get partway <laughs> into those armholes. Maybe that's where the joysticks are, wherever right. his arms go. But if he transforms and it just cracks his forearms <laughs> in half. Um, so he is, uh, a shot comes at him as he's running. And he's continuing to try and transform. We see some some questionable choices in characters huh, flying into the weird. screen. Uh, namely, Shrapnel and uh, Scavenger land in front of him. Not so much Scavenger, but Shrapnel uh, was transformed into, I believe, one of the sweeps. One of the sweeps, yeah. And, but, however, we all know that Insecticons can duplicate themselves. It's true. So I guess we have to forgive it. Really? I don't know that the movie people yeah, they were, were thinking pushed, that when they put him in here, but... They were, you know, they were the ones that pushed out of the sh- uh, shuttle uh, because uh, they were damaged. run over by Cup and Hot Oh, Rod. sure, but mm-hmm. you said they could replicate their something. Oh, they can make clones, yeah. Yeah, in, in uh, I didn't know the that. episodes of the show, they didn't exhibit that power on this, unless you want to count this moment, but they didn't exhibit that power in the movie, but yeah, on the show, there'd be hundreds of them flying around. You know, act as lo- swarming as you will. Ah, you know, I, like. I don't remember exactly, but I think they're just like kind of mindless. I don't think they're that effective because otherwise, why not just do that all the time? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so they take a land. They er, they land. They take aim at uh, Daniel. Uh, they call him a human germ. I love that line. And finally, through the power, destroy the flesh creatures. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thanks. Scary. Ladies and gentlemen, welcoming Frank Welker, special guest. I'm lost in a kit. I'm lost in a kit. God, that's hard on my voice. I am, I am not a professional voice we need actor. A, we need to have a shirt or something. It says I'm lost, lost, in lost in a kit. That's not bad. Yeah. That's a good idea. So uh, the mantra of transform finally works for him. He turns into something that allows him to kind of drive and smash 
right into both, knock them both on their ass, and escape. That's a lot of confidence to just charge. <laughs> I know, like, I know, I know. And I oh, did you see where his hands were, though? Yeah, they're right that, by his head. I that's don't know why, if that answers any questions. That's why I thought when he transforms, he could, there's, there's an up close where it he becomes joysticks drives at the down. camera. Yeah, it looks like he's holding joysticks, which is why I assume okay. maybe they were down by his chest. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, that being the case, I will argue that that your first assumption is true, that he's operating this, this suit from like this, which is still very... It seems it's like weird, very, yeah. But with his fists right in front of him, like jammed into his body? Or maybe it's like a haptic thing where like you can just use your fingers <laughs> and you to operate like, you know, the, let's, the different... I'm gonna, let's break this down frame by frame here. Yeah, he's got I joysticks mean, up by his so face. Like, so the joysticks flipped up from where they were right in front of him to his face. I don't know, yeah. That would be an <laughs> uncomfortable position to drive from. Oh, sure, you gotta hold your head flat, up. Mm -hmm. Holding your head up, yeah, with the joysticks. It's non-optimal. Yeah. So, but you get to transform, which is yeah. also like, okay, here's a point where like, and it, it comes in a little bit later too, but like, this is where I actually start to like Daniel because he's actually doing things and being right. effective. Sure. And I, I will kind of say, I, I may be stealing this from where I say it later, but um, this is kind of like, I would say there's a juxtaposition between Daniel's arc and, and Hot Rod's Absolutely, arc where yeah. they're both maturing. And yeah. since we are the child, the child is the stand in for us mm -hmm. as we've. Well, who's Hot Rod to stand in for? I don't know. My my Dick. absent father. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he got real. Just knock him up and disappear, Dad. Okay. Sorry, Kurt. So it was a real good Christmas at the old Bender household this year. <laughs> my dad gave me a carton of smokes or carton of cigarettes and said, smoke up. Okay, so the 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 can so he knocks the Daniel knocks the Decepticons on their ass, and the camera pans up um, uh, along a huge pile of junk, and uh, we see Galvatron and the sweeps fly into the screen. Galvatron demands everybody to attack, and from inside what I assume is Cyclone's cockpit. So. Yeah. so I guess uh, it's not red in there. Okay. No, it's not right. Correct. <laughs> but shouldn't that be red? Shouldn't we no, still see red through the other I, side? I think it's, it's tinted one. It's like white tint. Yeah. Does Except, that exist? No. Maybe on Cybertron. Or um, I will say, watching this, like uh, where we're at, uh, like fifty six, fifty five, where the Autobots are running down this trench, this is really where Perceptor's alt mode fucks him. <laughs> like everybody else is a car. I have a. Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> there, in a script deviation, I can't remember if it's this episode or next episode. I have an interesting oh. thing about Perceptor's transformation that'll come into play. Uh, I don't think so I have. No that. spoilers on that. Um, but uh, we so could Perceptor see... get in one of the vehicles? And ride, just just like Galvatron is inside Cyclonus. It'd be like a a human riding a dog, though, <laughs> <laughs> or a human riding a human, more Perhaps, like, I guess. But in terms of scale, so uh, that and which, by the way, that internal cockpit is a pretty it's neat pretty looking, sweet uh, drawing as well. So it then, reminds me of Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, yeah. So as the scene closes, we see Ultra Magnus and Perceptors shooting and taking shots from the swarm of Decepticons. In fact, uh, Perceptor gets knocked back from one of those shots. They recover. And that's really where this minute ends, guys. Mm -hmm. So we're doing really good on time. Yeah. By the way, I think we can uh, probably we can make this it. out. I, I, I wish, the, I, I don't, I mean, I, obviously, like Caleb says, I don't ever want to force it, but I like the longer ones. Oh, yeah, yeah I, but I mean, I'm not intentionally trying to make this one short. I just, we're luckily, no, I know. it's, it's Our natural. friend Serge Bamba liked the short oh one. Oh my so God. We <laughs> <laughs> he uh, did really good this week. Uh, uh, um, he was in a, a side conversation that we weren't involved in. Mm -hmm. 
and somebody said in that conversation they should have a podcast reviewing the Transformers right, or something right. like that. And he he, he was like, oh, he put it right there in front of him. Oh, Shout out to Sean. That. Yeah, he, he did good. So we ended up getting, some, uh, I think, at least. Part of the street team, the APC. Yeah, that's right. APD, what are we again? The APDC street team. <laughs> <laughs> If we, Sean, if we mail you flyers, will you hand them out at your local arcades and comedy shops? We need shops? to come up with something to call our listener <laughs> base. Street, like something better than a, like the Cyber Street team or the Cybertrons. I don't know. You know what I'm talking listener about. Listener contest. Come up with a name for our APDC street team. You do it. <laughs> also, we're looking graphic designers who would like experience doing free work for... I'm just kidding. That's just something you see all the time. Yeah. So, uh, guess what? Because of the, the phrase, human germ, we have a voice actor, guys, okay. oh. to add to the mix here. Who, who is that? These uh, are scrapper, and far between. Or? That would be have been uh, uh, Scavenger. Scavenger. Scavenger, yes. So, uh, that voice actor goes by the name Don Messick. And in this episode, he uh, conducted what I believe is his only voiceover in the movie, like we said, scrapper, or Scavenger. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Transformers, he also voiced... The ever grumpy gears, <laughs> as well as what I would say tier one player Ratchet. Ooh. So uh, he started in Baltimore doing voice work on the radio. Uh, eventually, he performed for troops in the army as part of the su- special <laughs> services. He eventually got to LA. He was doing a lot more radio voice stuff and got to start in voice acting after being hired for the Droopy series. So uh, this guy was a, a very Hanna Barbera centric guy. Check out this guy's resume. Uh, Dr. Benton Quest mm. from Johnny Quest, Bam Bam from the Flintstones, <laughs> Astro on the Jetsons, Ranger Smith and Boo Boo in Yogi Bear, Papa Smurf and Azrael on the Smurfs, Hampton J. Pig from Tiny Toons, and also was the original voice for like, I don't know, 20 years or something like that of Scooby Doo, oh, which wow. Frank Welker does today. Wow. Wow. Uh, as a side, I think we probably I bet mentioned that. That bought him a house. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, no did. kidding. You get a lot of Scooby snacks with that kind oh. of scratch. <laughs> unfortunately, they did pay him as Scooby snacks. Um, uh, and uh, speaking of unfortunately, <laughs> oh, God damn it! <laughs> I forgot to write down my notes, but I think he did pass away. Hang on a second here. Want to take want to take bets on when and how? <laughs> Fox to death. Decade and cause of death. Um, uh, Don't look. I guess 92 and um, gored by a bull. Okay. (laughs) I will say 98 autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I'm going to go. We, uh, this is so disrespectful. It is very unfortunate. Uh, 1997, uh-huh. Caleb. Okay, I was close. Uh, you had the closest 71. on the year. Who was closest on the cause of death? Turns a out stroke. a stroke. Hey, so, you autoerotic asphyxiation, what are you doing during that? Stroking, obviously. Oh, God. <laughs> Caleb takes the win all around. R.I.P. <laughs> he was recording voices when he passed away. Well, that's the way but, to go. Yeah. You mean he was literally in the studio when he died? It says it says he was recording voices at Hanna Barbera no, in but September of 1996. He had a stroke. Oh, wait, that didn't kill him. I'm sorry. No, no but it's a second, second stroke. stroke yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Uh, many of his uh, friends and, uh, and peers came to pay tribute to him, including Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem was there. All right. Wow. I was there. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Greg Berger, All right, too. <laughs> this is a star-studded episode. <laughs> so I think with that, that takes us to our... Uh, the listener will recall that me, Aaron, likes to go first, and Ryan goes second. You know why. I'm going to hop into it. <laughs> My version of the script is mostly similar, except for the fact that Perceptor gets a kill, guys. Um, that sequence where he and Magnus are running, he gets hit with a laser, and in the script, Magnus stops to help him, and as a sweep roars towards them, Perceptor transforms into a cannon and fires, obliterating the sweep, and then saying to Ultra Magnus that, My lacerations were primarily superficial. Oh. And Ultra Magnus is like, huh? Right. And then Springer from far away, he means he's not hurt. (laughs) And that's that's the only difference in my script. Oh, I don't have that. Um, So in mine, this is Ryan, uh, Springer, um, (laughs) this is right after Ultra Magnus says, get everyone to get um, everyone away from the shuttle. We've got to draw them off and then double back. (laughs) That's actually kind of more my Springer voice. Um, Anyway, uh, Springer says, Scatter and follow me, which is a very confusing and conflicting (laughs) set of instructions. Um, And then we—it's basically the same as in the movie where RC just transforms and lights out without any word, and Daniel's like, "What do I do?" (laughs) Where Blur says, "Transform, think it, transform. You can do." Trent completes his transformation and roars off. It. Uh, and what? Yes. What piece oh, yeah. of shit? He, he he transforms during mid sentence. Yeah, and then dot 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 it. He's uh, even a bigger okay. dick in this version of the story. And then in this one, actually, they have um, Ramjet and and Dirge and um, uh, I can't. What's the other guy's name? The Conehead. The, all, they have the Coneheads in here. I'm like, Thrust. oh yeah. They're, the Coneheads are still alive. We don't see them in the movie, really. Right. I think you'll see them a little bit later. I maybe. think one of them dies, maybe even, on screen. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, and then, uh, basically, uh, in this one, Shrapnel is still alive. So that's probably where the confusion comes up, because it does say it's Shrapnel and Scavenger. Um, and then Human Germ made all the way, which mm-hmm, is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on Daniel, as his exosuit suddenly transforms into skeletal structured racing vehicle. And I'm like, oh, yeah. In this script, the, the exosuit's like a weird cage mm-hmm. around him. Like, very strange. Uh, exosuit spouting wheels and rocket boosters as Daniel takes off at great speed with a delightful yell, driving through Scavenger and Shrapnel. Way to go! <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I know. He's complimenting himself go! as, he, as he smashes through them. <laughs> and then uh, go back, we're on Galvatron where he says, Separate and run them to the ground. I want none to survive. And that's basically where that minute ends. All right. I love it. I love the... De- wow. Some of this that was a good DVD. DVD. Oh, if you like that, you'll love the next one. <laughs> it is very insane. So We're in for an adventure, for sure. Well, uh, you know, as is customary, often uh, in this show, we typically get a visit from the... All right. So, okay. We can... We can... I'll just say it because I think it'll probably be shared among all of us, or maybe not. But for me, Daniel transforming is to probably the iconic moment of this minute for me. As a kid, it kind of fueled that fantasy that perhaps one day you could I'll transform. transform. Absolutely. That's right? what I wrote, too. And then I, I was stealing a little bit from this because that's where I wrote that I think it's an intentional juxtaposition where we see Daniel and Hot Rod uh, maturing. But, yeah, where he, it's a real game changer where Daniel can now transform and, like, do things. I like so, 
I mean, I, I agree. Um, my uh, slightly different though that that point where he's praying. I, I think that he's, <laughs> he's I think he's just praying, whispering. To I think himself. he's praying to the Lord Jesus Christ <laughs> for himself to transform, much like the Christ. It transforms into transformed right. into a corpse and then went to heaven. Yeah, he rose from the dead and transformed into the Christ. A real judgmental asshole. The risen, the risen Christ, aka yes. God. Yes, that's right. And this is where the t- podcast turns into a Christian podcast about how we talk about the, the Jesus symbolism. Honestly, it would help us out in the iTunes ratings. There are a number <laughs> of religious transforming uh, podcasts. That's I'm true. Gonna start putting, I'm going to start associating some Christian uh, analogies. We'll call it Christ Corner. Christ Corner. Oh, Jesus, here we go. Uh, I don't Je- know. I don't know whether that. Oh, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Way to go. We're gonna call it now. Now, now we've lost our audience. A for being sacrilegious, and also B maybe for those who don't think we're sacrilegious and we're actually oh they're gonna bring church into this. (laughs) I was trying to keep church and state separate on this. It's a real lose lose situation. (laughs) And now for ah Jesus, here we go. (laughs) And then like I I said this earlier, but like after that, after the segment's over, we go nailed it. (laughs) The podcast where. We teach biblical lessons through the lens of the Transformers. I think Ultra Magnus is a false prophet. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Who's the Judas? Well, let's see. Well, we don't know. Let's not do that. <laughs> right, we got to wrap this up. All, All right. right. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Next time on the Autopod Decepticast. Yet another Autobot leader gets God. Starscream would be the Judas. <laughs> Starscream would be the Judas. He betrayed Megatron. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> and uh, Galvatron gets possession of the rock. Train Feed station. me the rock! <laughs> <laughs> Pass me the rock. Yeah. We're just two guys <laughs> having a good time. Yeah. Having a good time. I like sports. Okay, never mind. Whoa. <laughs> Those are some old Lonely Island references. Uh, Got it. Sorry, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, should I just redo that? Nope. Okay. Moving forward. And uh, you can hear all of that on the next episode of Autopod Decepticast. So, so listen to the show, guys. Mm-hmm. Yes. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. Follow us on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of them at APODDCast. And, of course, there's the web presence, autopoddecepticast.com. There'll be some stuff on there. Yeah, what I think it? I'm gonna. I think I have Caleb's senior picture, so I'll put that up next to, uh, to Arsenio Hall. Okay. Ah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll put a picture of myself smiling like Dan Fielding. Yes, you should. This is great. iTunes users, please rate and subscribe. Five stars, please. Bye. See you guys. Bye, bye, bye. Okay, I'll just wait. I'm, I'm hurrying. Yeah, I'm, that's okay. I'm still waiting, though. Doesn't change the status of what I'm doing. Should we try to shut this? Just to make him back? mad? <laughs> yeah, man. I don't even know if it makes a difference, but... He likes the, he likes the window open. Well, since it's approaching evening, perhaps... Uh, it won't matter as much. I wish I wasn't as stuffed up as I am. Well, I've had a sinus infection for two years. Nobody can tell me what's wrong with me. How'd you, how'd you get to the bottom of this shit? I haven't. It's still like, happening. Mm. I went to an ear, nose, and throat guy, and they're like, eh, eh. Maybe that's what I've had this whole, my whole life. I've had it since, like, two Halloweens ago. How do they know it's a sinus infection? Well, I mean, that's 
because it's like a cold always. Like my sinuses are always kind of stuffed up and I have to sniff and I cough a lot in the morning. Why can't that be allergies? Because it happens all the time. Like there's ne- it's never not like that. And I, even when I stay in different places, it's not, it just stays the same. So it's not where I'm living. So nobody can tell me what it is. Okay. Ted Kaczynski's handsome. He certainly was. He was doing that hipster thing before. He was hipster, uh, pre-hipster. He was a genius. Yeah. He's like he was like one sixty-seven. That's like a great picture. He was he was kind of handsome in his youth before he went bonkers. Yeah. Um, he looks like the guy from Mr. Show, um, J <laughs> J whatever his last name is from. Mr. Oh, Show. the guy who played the herky jerky dancer. Yeah, yeah, he does kind of. Um, He's yeah. He smelled like spoiled milk. Ted Kaczynski. Oh, yeah? That's the thing with a lot of serial killers. They smelled like spoiled milk. Like uh, David Berkowitz, the son of Sam killer, he drank milk and smelled like spoiled milk. I like how under notable work it says industrial society in its future. His manifesto? <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, boy. It is hard to read. You guys and ready? kind of racist. And it helped get him caught. It did. His, his, uh, his brother's wife noticed it and then showed it to her husband, and he was like, oh, this Spoiler, is- I'm watching a docudrama about it. I would assume you knew it since you brought it up. That's the, how they caught him. I know they've been analyzing the language. And I, well, I won't spoil it, then. I can tell you what, a specific phrasing that... that uh, I, I, I vaguely remember it. I actually listened to an interview with the, with the guy that invented the field uh, mm-hmm. on Fresh Air with Terry Gross. But it's been a while, so it's not fresh. It's been a while. Well, the the thing that specifically caught his brother's eye was um, not only did Ted Kaczynski talk about this kind of shit to everyone all the time, but also uh, there was a specific phrase that he and his mother used, which was, you know, the normal phrase people say is, have your cake and eat it too. Oh, yeah. They would say, eat your cake and have it too. Right. Which is actually the correct way. Why is it the correct way? I think that I think that's the actual correct way. We've just been saying the original it wrong. like we've been saying it wrong, like since fifty years after that phrase came out. Here I feel we like go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Brussels, Brussels, where we sell.